Well, good morning, everybody. I invite you to uh, turn into your Bibles, everybody here in person, our friends in Florida, enjoying some nice warm weather down there, and also other of you online who couldn't make it this morning, to turn to Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. This morning, Johnny uh, will be teaching us about our master's gifts. These are our gifts. The gift of his spirit, the gift of his promises, the gifts of fruit, the gifts of a fruitful life. As I read Second Peter 1, 3 to 11, ask yourselves, do I want my master's gifts? Our Savior's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us this, his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if we possess our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, for if we possess these qualities in increasing measures, they will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them in, who does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to conform your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So in this uh, new series where we've uh, kicked this off for the year 2024, we're learning to master our lives with Jesus as the master of our lives. And maybe you already know what area God is kind of wanting you to focus on, um, because maybe it's been a challenge for you to master that. Uh, I know that for me, I, I, I felt like, you know, I was telling some people this, that this was a, a series that I'm just preaching to myself. Nobody else really has to listen. It's just for me. Um, but I, I, I felt like that it would be easier in this month and a half where I've been talking about mastering those areas of my life because I'm preaching it. But I'm finding that it's even more challenging as I focus on it. And maybe that's been your case as well. But one of the things that I want you to come away from today is that God has given us everything that we need to live the kind of lives that he wants us to live. And one of the, I love to collect quotes, and one of the quotes that I found was that, um, if it's important to me, then I'll make a way. If it's not important to me, I'll make an excuse. 
And so, you know, this is where I'm really challenging myself. And I found that the only thing that stands in my way of mastering this area of my life is my will, <laughs> um, my desire, my want to. And if I really want to do this, God has given me everything I need to make it happen. And this isn't just about God giving to you as an individual what you need in order to live the kind of life that he wants you to lead. But God has given us as a faith family everything that we need for, what, for the ways in which he is leading us as a church family. What I want to do before we get into the text uh, that Ken read earlier is just to back up into the uh, previous two verses and, and to see how Peter introduces his second letter to those faithful followers of Jesus Christ. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. And then he says this, he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Everybody say in abundance. abundance. Uh, Peter's prayer for his people is that they would experience God's grace and God's peace in abundance, that it would be overflowing. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, 10, that that the devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that I have come to bring life and to bring it abundantly. God gives in abundance. One of my favorite verses, Paul says in Ephesians chapter one, verses seven through eight, and we've, uh, I love that this is a theme of our worship, but in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. God lavishly gives. God gives in abundance. Uh, Repeat this after me. I have been given everything I need. And so we move into this passage where Peter tells us about the gift of God's very presence. So when we're talking about these areas of our lives where we, you know, with Jesus as the master of our lives, there are areas of our lives that he wants us to master. It's quite possible that that when you kind of come to mind that what what is that one thing that he wants you to master? Or maybe there are two or three three things that he wants you to master. You know, sometimes it's like, "Ah, am I ever going to be able to do this? And I know that I can't do this on my own, which that's true. And so one of the great promises that has been given to us is the very promise of God's presence, his spirit, not only with us, but within us. And so Peter says that his divine power has given us what? Everything Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So I'm just going to pull out some of these words, but he says that that his divine power, that word divine is an adjective, theos, which is a lot like the word God in Greek, which is theos. So when we're talking about divine power, this is actually God's power at work within us. It's God's divine power. He, he is manifesting his power and his characteristics in and through us. 
And it, it, it ties God's essence to his self-manifestation. There are times where we've talked about spiritual gifts. I mean, we talked about the giftings that our, our leaders have that they're going to use in, in service to, to Christ, uh, you know, around the corner, to around the world, as well as in our church, but that you have all been given a gift of the Holy Spirit. Could be teaching, it could be serving, it could be hospitality, it could be administration, whatever it might be. But but that that word gift actually means that that God shows up in and through you. It's a manifestation, God showing up in you and through you. And that's what he does in this. That his divine power, that word power is dynamis, where we get our word dynamic, dynamite. I mean, you've got a dynamic power living in you if you have the spirit of God living in you and it's God's divine power for us as believers power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities that that we have been given those abilities that we can do what he has asked us to do it's power through God's ability and so his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. It, this word is made up of two words. One word which means well or to act well, to do well, to act rightly. And then the second word is uh, to pay homage, to venerate, to, to revere someone. So it's this inner response to the things of God which shows itself in godly piety or reverence. And so it's this heart response, this inside-out response that we have that naturally expresses itself in reverence for God. So this comes out of our lives as we tap into God's divine power that he's given us. You've been given a divine, godlike ability to live a life of moral excellence and godliness. And Peter's not done. He continues, he says, through these, he has given us, everybody say given us, so these are gifts, gifts of his promises. We've got the gift of his presence, the gift of his promises. He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Okay, take a deep breath. If, if, you, if that doesn't surprise you, I don't know what, what will. He says that, that we have been given these promises so that through them, that you know, through his divine power, we may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We can participate in God's divine nature. This is crazy. Participation. It, many of you have heard preachers talk about koinonia, right? You know, you've heard, you know, sometimes ministries are called koinonia house or koinonia ministries, that kind of thing, which is simply fellowship. But it's not just the kind of fellowship that we thoroughly enjoy after church, so much so that you're here 45 minutes to an hour after we've you know, concluded worship service. Um, but it, it, it's not only that, but it's this it's being co-participants in a mission. It's not just enjoying each other's company. It's actually being it's actually co-operating with the Holy Spirit and with each other. There's a participation, a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. We've sung that. It's a sharing, a partnering, being a joint participant in the divine nature. Divine. Same word as above. Manif manifesting the characteristics of God's nature. And then here we, here we go. You, you, you participate, you share in, 
you are cooperative, you, you, are, you are on the same team, um, where you are sharing in the divine nature, his attributes. It's the word physis, where we get physical and where we get physics, but it's his origin, his being. We can share in that. That's the gift that we've been given. The gift of God's Holy Spirit is his divine nature living in you and manifesting himself through you, manifesting the character and the characteristics of God. And since you've been given God's divine essence, you can now escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It could be that when we introduce this topic of those areas in our lives that we need to master, we realize that sometimes those areas of our life that we want to master, that they've been fed because of the corruption in the world, as well as the desires that are evil. Having a desire is not a bad thing. We've talked about this before, that, that you know, God wants you to have desire. He wants you to have a passion. But, Paul, but Peter is saying here that it's, it's, you know, we escape this by participating in God's very nature, and we can escape those evil desires that we have within us that lead us into temptation and then into sin. And then he says this. He talks about the gift of his fruit. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Make every effort to add to your faith. You've heard me say before that certain passages are some of my favorite passages in Scripture, right? Well, this past year, as I had been studying this for myself personally, this has become one of my favorite words in Scripture, and it's the word spude. Everybody say spude. <laughs> or um, there, there, there's another way to say it, spudo. It just simply means to move quickly, to speed on. Sometimes I think of speedo, but maybe not necessarily a picture that you want to have in your mind right now, uh, but, you know, someone having a speedo on. Uh, but, but that's kind of, you know, when you see that word, I want you to be, I want you to, it to remind you of what Peter is saying here, that he wants us to not just with like um, exertion and strength, but that we are going to move swiftly and quickly in order to add some things to our faith because he wants us to grow from where we are to where God wants us to be. So for, for us, it, it means swiftness to show zealous diligence. It's giving one's absolute best. It's full effort. You're, you know, you are, you're working quickly with haste. You're being swift. It's speedy diligence. It's not just being diligent and putting your all into it. It's actually putting your all into it and doing it quickly. I don't know if you've, if there's ever been anything in your life where it's like you put your all into it, but you also have a timeline. It's like, I have got to get after this, but I got to do it quickly, right? Maybe you got some people coming over and it's like, okay, well, I've, I've got to just, I've got to dive into this housework and, oh man, I've got to do it quickly. He is saying, listen, we need to, with God's divine power, with all of that effort, we swiftly and with diligence add some things to our faith. See, when it comes to our faith, are we moving with swift intensity? Are you giving your best effort? With swift intensity, you are moving with speed and strong effort to supplement your faith. 
You're adding to your faith. And I love this. I think Anne is going to really enjoy this definition. This word, this word adding to your faith, supplementing your faith comes from a word which means richly supply everything needed for an ancient chorus to be a grand production. I like that. Anne has been a part of some grand productions and incredible choruses. Richly supply everything needed for an ancient chorus to be a grand production. It means to lavishly supply. So God has lavishly given us of himself. Peter is saying that we need to then lavishly give to ourselves as we add these things to our faith. Our faith is the basis. I mean, trusting in Jesus is, is the very start. But, but then we build on that. And so I've, I've named this section, you know, the gift of his fruit, because what Peter is talking about here kind of reminds me of what Paul was saying about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 through 23, that, that God's very presence produces in us this supernatural result of fruit like gentleness and patience. But what's interesting about the way that Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit, it's a little bit different than what Peter does here. Because it seems like, as he has written this, that each one builds on the other. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to add to goodness knowledge, to add to knowledge self-control, to add to self-control perseverance, to add to your perseverance godliness, and, and it goes on. And so it's, it's like, I, I think one of the things, at least what it did for me, was to go, oh, as I moved into this series, I know that there was like one or two things that I really wanted with Jesus' power, his encouragement to master. But as I took a look at this, I was thinking, oh, these are some other areas that he might be calling me to master as well. But Peter is saying they build on each other. And so you're building onto your faith these characteristics, these building blocks that God has given us. Goodness is simply moral vir virtue or excellence. Knowledge, quickly growing to become more knowledgeable in the things of God. You know, at the uh, tail end of this past year, I encouraged you to create your own series, to write your own series. You, you know, I, I love planning series in advance of where we're going to go as a faith family. Where are you going? Are you planning in advance how you are going to speedily, with effort, grow in knowledge? That you're adding to your, your knowledge self-control or self-mastery. I mean, that's what this is all about, but this is just one area that I'm encouraging us to take a look at this month. That we're adding to our faith perseverance. It's that ability to never give up and quit. This past week, uh, Pat McAfee, who was a kicker for the Colts, someone was telling me weeks ago that I talk too much about the Lions, and if I want to grow this church, I got to stop. <laughs> I got to stop talking about the Lions. I got to start, start talking about your Colts. But uh, Pat McAfee was a, a kicker for the Colts, and uh, this past week he was talking about the Lions um, and talking about the whole idea of grit and how that's become. Um, you know, the lion's purpose, it's their mantra. It's, it's what they're looking for in people who are going to be a part of their staff and guys are going to play for them. But it, what was really fun is that Pat had um, coach Chuck Pagano with him in this session. And he was talking about 
when it was a part of the Indianapolis Colts. So much so that, I mean, the players were starting to get buy-in and they really liked what Pagano was trying to bring to the Colts at the time. But people on the outside were like going, okay, that's really weird. But what Pagano did is he had these uh, grit chips. Anybody remember the grit chip? Am I the only one who might know about the Colts grit chip? Uh, but the grit chip was, it had grit written on one side and win on the other. And that, you know, Pagano was encouraging his men to live to work, to do everything that they could to live, to, um, to play gritty, to never give up and quit. And so that anytime something happened where a player showed that kind of a grit, that grit chip would then be given. And they kept those grit chips on them so that, cause, uh, they, they would call each other out. Hey, you got your grit chip on you? Yes, I do. You know, but if they didn't, they would, you know, they would uh, get after them. But they were all about this whole idea of never giving up and quitting. And it was at this time that after a, a tough loss against the Ravens, that week Pagano was diagnosed with cancer. And he realized that this whole idea of grit, of persevering, of never giving up, wasn't going to be just something he was encouraging his guys on the Colts to do, but that it was something that he was going to have to live out as he fought cancer in his life. Add to your perseverance, godliness. Again, it's that godly heart response. It's naturally expressing itself in reverence for God, adding mutual affection to godliness. It is literally the word Philadelphian. When you look it up in the Greek, that's what it says. Philadelphian, you know, you know, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. And so are you a Philadelphian? Okay, I, I get that we live here in Indianapolis, but this is one of those God characteristics that we are to supplement our faith with. And so it could be that maybe there are people in your life where that brotherly and sisterly affection comes easy. But it could be that there are other relationships in your life where you're like, okay, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you for reminding me about this. Uh, because, you know, I, I have been expressing brotherly or sisterly affection for this person, but I've not been doing that for that person. So adding then to your mutual affection love, which is agape, which is that no strings attached kind of love. These are the gifts that he has given us. And then he's also given us the gift of a fruitful life. So we've got God's divine power giving us everything that we need to live the kind of life that he wants us to lead. And he's given us the gift of his presence and his promises and these gifts. And with that, we then are gifted with a fruitful life. He says, for if you possess these qualities, interesting, not just possess these qualities, uh, possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure none of you walked into this new year, 2024, and your goal was going to be that I'm going to be as ineffective and unproductive as possible. Uh, when we gathered as a leadership team last weekend, none of us were praying hope would be ineffective and unproductive. 
but you have been given everything that you need to be effective and productive this year. We, as a church, as a faith family, have been given everything that we need to be effective and productive in this next year. And any time that I have seen an increase of effectiveness and productivity in my life and in the life of a church that I've been involved in, it's not because we're um, coming up with new plans and, and, and new things to do and what's the next cutting edge thing that we could... We could launch. It's been because we've been dedicated to prayer and, and, and asking for more of a, a, an awareness of God's presence. Um, I, I used to pray years ago that I would have more of God's spirit. Um, I'd spend extended times in prayer, fasting, worshiping, being in the word, and I wanted to experience the fullness of God's presence. But then God reminded me that I already have his fullness. I've already got it. And, and yes, do those things. I mean, be dedicated to prayer, to, to worshiping, to have a, a time where you're worshiping God outside of a Sunday morning at 1030. Um, yes, be in the word, but you're not doing that to get more of God. It's for God to get more of you. And so what I pray is that there would be more of an awareness of God's presence for us individually, as couples, as families, as a faith family, so that we could be led and guided by God's very presence to do what he is calling us to do as a church. Do we want it? Do we really want it? Peter, so this is second Peter that we've been through, but his very first sermon, he gave an invitation and he said this because people were asking him, what do we need to do? What's the next step, Peter? And he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Yeah, it means to change the course of your thinking so that you change the direction of your living. But I think there is something in this for us that it's not just a one-time act, but it's also a lifestyle of directing your life and focusing your life on Jesus Christ and his word recognizing when you take maybe one step, one degree off, that you come back to that. And that you're, you're not just repenting once, like, oh yeah, it was at camp, or it was at a revival, or it was at church 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. No, repentance is something that we do on a daily basis. Repent and be baptized. Yeah, we can, we can point back to a time where we were baptized. Maybe we were baptized as a child or as an adult, and we can, we can look back to that. But I think there's something more in that than just getting wet with water. I think being immersed, baptized in Jesus means being covered and fully drenched in his power and, and, and his, just everything there is about God that we would be immersed in God's presence. And with that, will receive, what does he call it? A gift. The gift of his very presence, the Holy Spirit. Father God, I want to thank you so much for lavishly giving your grace, your power, your love to us. And Lord, I pray that maybe we memorize this section because I think too many times we come face to face with the reality that there are areas of our lives that we're not mastering. 
And we just need to believe that we can. You have given us everything that we need for a life that pursues and chases after you and what you want for us. We're so grateful for that gift. In Jesus' name, amen.